Good morning. I hope you're having a happy Sunday morning. This is another edition of Miami Valley Voices on this Cox radio station. I'm your host from the Dayton Daily News, Ron Rollins, and uh, I'm here uh, to talk about this year's Big Read program uh, with three uh, folks from the Dayton Metro Library System. How's everybody doing this morning? Say hi. 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 You're good. Thank you. All right. I'm going to go through uh, names and, and titles here, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, your jobs over there and, and how you're involved with the Read. Um, returning to the show, because you were here to talk about the Big Read last year, Gene, is Gene Gaffney, who's the uh, manager of Acquisition and Collection Development. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great. And then you brought along with you uh, Matt Kish, who is a, a, a specialist over there in AV and team materials selection. Did yes. I get that right? Right. And Lisa Nabell, correct? Correct. All right. Uh, youth materials selection specialist over there. And you guys said there are several specialists who ma- manage and acquire different kinds of material for the library, right? Correct. There are four of us. Excellent. Plus Gene. Excellent. Um, so, uh, Gene, why don't you start out? I think people are probably familiar with the Big Read as an idea because this is now the which, tenth, tenth year. year for this it. This is the tenth year. And uh, so, tell us about it in general, and then we'll get to the book this year. Well, it's a group of libraries plus a bookstore. Um, around fifteen different groups come together, and uh, we make a slate of books that people vote on in the fall. They pick the book that this community wants to be the big read. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do a lot of reading. We plan book discussions. We have over 30 book discussions that we know of that Mm -hmm. we have scheduled among our group of 15. Some of those are at libraries. Some of those are... Some are at bookstores. Some are at libraries. Some of our groups get creative and like one is at Bricks. Oh, okay. And one is at Flanagan's Pub. and Because so, drinking and reading often yeah, go well together. Yeah, yes. they go together. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we plan book discussions. We also have programs that relate to the book. Excellent. So, so um, okay, so drum roll. What is this year's Big Read book? Well, the book is The Rosie Project by right. by Graham Simpson. He's from Australia. This he was uh, with a name like Graham Simpson, of course he's from Australia. He's from Australia, <laughs> right? And Graham is spelled G R A E M E. So that's the tip yeah, off. And Simpson, S I M S I O N. That's right. So So, okay, so what is the book about? Well, I was just going to say this was he was this is a debut book, a debut author. This was oh, his first book. Good for him. And uh, he was an IT specialist, mm-hmm. the author. And then uh, around age 50, he decided, I think I could try my hand at writing. So I've he wrote this book. i always wanted to write a novel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Rosie Project. And uh, The Rosie Project will remind you a little bit of the Big Bang Theory and uh, Sheldon. It's about a man named Don Tillman. He is a scientist at a university, and um, he has Asperger's, and okay. he has a highly scheduled life. Everything is planned. Lisa's <laughs> read this book, so anytime you want to jump in okay. and add something say, to yeah. the story, go ahead. Um, he, he has just had his 40th birthday, and he decides, maybe I should think about getting married. And of course he goes about this logically, mm-hmm. not the way you or I might do it. So he um, 
he has tried dating in the past with some disasters, and there's a really good. Oh, that's true of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, a there's a really good part in the first chapter. And my theory on this book, I'll just mm-hmm. go aside here sure. for a minute, is that no matter where you open this book, you're going to find something to laugh about because it's funny all the way through. That sounds like Finnegan's Wake, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he on uh, the first chapter he talks about a regular date he tries to go on, and he takes a a woman that's uh, logical like Mm -hmm. him on a date and um, it's to an Asian restaurant and when they get to the dessert she says well I don't like Asian desserts and he says well why don't we go over to the ice cream store across the street Mm -hmm. and she said okay as long as they have apricot do you remember this part Lisa? Yeah (laughs) and he had made a big deal about the flavor of ice cream he wouldn't want his significant other to eat. Oh. <laughs> so this and of course it's not. some problems. <laughs> yeah. And so when they get to the store, they have tons of flavors, but not apricot. Oh, goodness. And he says to her, well, scientifically, it really doesn't matter which ice cream you have because the cold um, freezes your tongue right. and you don't you can't really taste especially with fruit flavors right all ice cream tastes the same yeah <laughs> so, is this true or is this his theory on ice well, cream well i have yeah. to tell you i got a note from one of our librarians yeah. and they did this in a book club last week as an opening to discussing <laughs> yeah. the book i don't know what happened i'm going to have to find out yeah, so anyway that would be a fun way if you have a book club to start it out and see what happens I don't know if that's true or not. Because what happens in the book, and it's just right in the first chapter, if you just want to dip in to the first chapter and get a feel for the book, is uh, so he decides to prove to her, because he has to prove things. He gets ah, that's the, two ice the creams that um, they're not apricot, because he wants to have her experience that they taste the mm-hmm. same no matter what, once you're tongue is frozen when he turns around she's gone so <laughs> he, she's gone so he's been a little bit too logical so what um well now humor is not usually a hallmark of the big read books usually they're i mean they run yeah. they, they, they generally run a gamut of not not overly serious but either they're usually straightforward dramas or 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 nonfiction that has mm-hmm. like an important theme. I'm thinking Nickel and Dimed and, and Wild was last year, right? Yeah. So um, this year we have something that's more humorous, or that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, we did have funny and Farsi. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Yeah. Whenever we can find a good funny book, mm-hmm. you know, we will consider it. And of course, on the ballot in the fall, I think the other three books were pretty serious. Right. And this is what the people voted for. Sure. About a thousand people vote, right. and this right. is what won. And usually, we're always looking for something different from the book we had last year. Last year, we had Wild, yeah. the, the, sure, the hiking. Yeah, right. yeah, so we were looking for something totally different. That was a pretty serious book. It was. So, if we do something really serious, you, you know, the next year we try yeah. to yeah do something different. That makes sense. So let's get back to the story, okay? So <laughs> he, uh, so he gets this idea that he could make a survey to find a wife, and he has oh, really? forty questions oh, on the goodness. survey, and he has some requirements. Uh, the woman has to be a non-smoker. Okay. Body mass index under 26, <laughs> which I don't even know what my body mass Mine is index over. is, yeah, so I'm I couldn't even sure fill it. Mine is higher. I would not qualify. Yeah, I would not qualify. Potential wife I could, I could not fill that out. Uh, they, she has to be punctual. She has to be mathematically literate. 
and a meat eater, and it goes on and on and on. So it's a 16-page oh my goodness uh, survey, double-sided, <laughs> and uh, so he does try this out. But uh, as you might guess, he meets a woman that fails almost every part of the survey that intrigues him. None so, nonetheless. And of course, her name is Rosie. 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 Ah. That's where you get the title, The Rosie Project. Gotcha. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it now. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Lisa, you've read it. How, how, talk about how uh, Asperger's figures into it. I mean, is it, it's not making fun of Asperger's. No, it's not I making fun of it. It's you addressing learn a, a very real you life. You learn about it and how, yeah. Has schedule as Jean was talking about and the schedule is very routine like he works out at this time and he he eats at this time and he drinks at this time and when he meets Rosie the schedule kind of gets tossed out the window and it caught and he's like well I can adjust I can not work out that day and it will fit into Rosie's schedule basically Rosie just comes into his life and it's just upheaval right the Asperger's portion of it is is he just likes his his life very very organized he likes to know what's coming he doesn't like to be surprised at all. And it's not making fun of it, it's just really looking at right. how he comes at the world. Right. Which and it's very good to look at, think about Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. You, know, right. you really need to have your order. But on the other hand too, I mean, I mean, that's part of whether you have Asperger's or not. I mean, somebody falling in love with somebody usually disrupts everything and right. then so he's it's that that happens regardless of the the, the condition mm-hmm. that he has right and he believes that it, by creating this survey that he can eliminate all the drama of right. dating right and obviously what's going to happen is the survey creates the drama a lot of, of drama in dating <laughs> and he has a lot of um, comical errors where you're just like going right. mm-hmm. Maybe if he didn't have Asperger's, he would have realized that that wasn't the best way to address the topic. Right. But it's funny, and yeah. but he's a serious character. He's a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's a genes- a, geneticist. Yeah. Yes, he's a professional geneticist, and that's okay. how the Rosie Project. Because she wants to find her father, ah, and so okay. he decides that he will help her find her father, mm-hmm. and it becomes the Rosie Project. Yeah, gotcha. her her father is a doctor, and I his mother was a doctor, but um, all he knows is she was seeing quite a few doctors when she was in medical school. Mm -hmm. So um, Don, since he's a geneticist, can help her Mm -hmm. identify which Mm -hmm. of the doctors in her medical class is her father. So that takes them to New York, and they have all these adventures, and yeah, it's just yeah. a lot of fun. The book is set in Australia. I was so if you ask go if to New was, York, yeah. right. it's kind of a big jaunt. He makes a big deal, like, I'm going to New York, we're going to do this. And right. um, it's comical. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, so, uh, Matt, you, you have uh, responsibility at the library. We mentioned before we turn on the mics for. Uh, movies and movie acquisition and DVDs and stuff. And right. th- this has been optioned by Sony, I guess. Um, what kind of movie would it make? Or? Uh, you know, I, I have to embarrassingly confess. I I'm haven't not. read it either. Okay, it's good, okay. good. I, I don't feel quite so bad. <clears throat> um, but as Lisa was saying while we were walking in, it, it seems as if it's going to make sort of the perfect romantic comedy. Yeah. Uh, it looks like right now it's just in development, so no real word yet on a release date. But I would imagine it's probably going to be soon. These things peak pretty quickly once yeah. once. Uh, a hot book is out, right. and uh, you know you, you kind of see that same thing happening with last year's title, with Wild, Wild. Right, right. Yeah. It became a, a movie relatively quickly after and, uh, after the big read, right? Right, or, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the movie was released uh, while the big right read around, was happening. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of interesting to watch these things from a. Uh, 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 
collection development perspective because the the movie was a relatively <clears throat> small budget film and it, it made its money. It was it was popular and mm-hmm. it was well thought of mm-hmm. and it was profitable, but it wasn't exactly an enormous blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, in terms of ordering copies for the library system, there was a very high degree of interest in that film here in the Miami Valley. That's interesting. And you really have to connect a lot of that with the uh, but, the degree yeah, the, the visibility, absolutely. right? That the, that the title was given because huh, of that. So it's it's fascinating to see the connection between uh, you know the books and the mm-hmm. films mm-hmm. and how, in a lot of ways, I think people want to see those stories played out in in different formats and mm-hmm. in different media. Now, I guess that and maybe a question for Gene does. Do publishers recognize that big reads are a really good sales driver, and do they do they kind of mm-hmm. jockey and push their oh, books yeah. on libraries right. to? How, how does that, what what form does that take, and how are you assaulted constantly by by nominations <laughs> for big read consideration? Not constantly, but our Random House representative was here a week ago, mm-hmm. and uh, before she came. That's what I asked her. I said, um, we need ideas for possible future big reads. Mm-hmm. So uh, she networked th- throughout the whole country and got ideas from editors all over the country and came and talked to us for about two hours. of. Uh, and I will send you some of those titles because I know that you're curious. a big reader. And, am, and yes. It was basically my reading list for this year. I'm going to well, use that. My, my confession on reading is that is that at middle age, I'm working my way back through classics that I blew off mm-hmm. in high school and college yeah, <laughs> that I, I faked my way it. through on Blue Book tests anyway, and usually got a B because I could BS my way through it because mm-hmm. I can write. But, um, I mean, Moby Dick's on that list. Mm-hmm. I finally got through that. Yeah. And I remember reading it and going, like a few years ago, going, yeah. And it was the original copy paper, college paperback that I had in English class freshman year that I had been carrying around for years. Was it the Norton Critical it Anthology? It was the Norton. Yeah, yeah that's, it, that's the one that every and college student And I remember has. getting it, and I'm going like, this is, one, brilliant. Number two, why would you ever ask a 16-year-old to read this? It's not for them, you know? It's, right. I mean, so I, I, that, that's a lot of the reading I do now, but... Um, I do try and stay current. I will read the Rosie Project. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. I, oh, without I, I did getting, get to Wild last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you told me about Goldfinch, and that was a great. Book oh, too. did you read yeah. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's too long for a big read. It, it is. Took me about three and a half months to get through it, yeah. but it's a right. good. Donna Tart. Donna yeah. Tart. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anything by Donna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That She's. Good. It's a fabulous book. Yeah. yeah it just. Uh, keeps you wrapped up in the story for It does. A long time. And back to films, I haven't heard anything about it in terms of becoming a movie, but I think The Goldfinch would be a really be a good movie. movie. You know, these things are often optioned very quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. as soon as something comes out and, and does relatively well in the publishing market, the studios are pretty quick to pick up the option, but from that point, mm-hmm. it can yep. take years and years and years and sort yeah. of languish in development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, give it time. Yeah, and The Goldfinch good. is a very long book. It's a very you really long have book. to be Like 900 pages. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, the story is just it's fascinating, but you do have to be committed to yeah, it. Yeah, very right? much. And yeah. so if to make a movie, they'd really have to... Chop it. Chop, 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 chop. Whole nice. off. Yeah. It would sure. be hard, yeah. Let's, I mean, let's tell people what we're listening to. You're, if you're just tuning in, this is Miami Valley Voices. Uh, you're hearing it on a Cox radio station. I'm your host, Ron Rollins. And we're in the library with Gene Gaffney, Matt Kish, and Lisa... Not- Nabel? Nabel, I'm sorry, I screwed it up. Um, uh, talking about The Rosie Project, which is the big read book selection for um, uh, the Dayton area this year. Um, maybe for Lisa, um, a big part of, of the big read is um, you know, discussion groups and, and uh, talking through and about the book. Um, what sort of things do you think people would bring up? What, what are some of the discussion points from this book that you think would, would tease out in, in some of those groups? I think the idea of Gene 
commented a bit on the survey and the questions that he asks. And one of the questions, as he's developing the survey, he's asking his best friend, mm-hmm. who's married to his other best friend, and his best friend, the male, is a womanizer. And he doesn't get that he's a womanizer. And so throughout the book, he uh, Don keeps falling in these situations where he's talking to his best friend, and he keeps coming across these, like, well, why would you do that? And right. it turns out that Rosie, uh, Don does not give Rosie the survey. His best friend, whose name sadly escapes me, gives Rosie the survey as portion of like, oh, is this someone I could potentially oh. hook up with? And so the survey is just, um, it's classically hysterical because he decides that he wants no one that drinks. Mm-hmm. And his friend's like, oh, wait a second, you drink. Like, how is that <laughs> going to work? And so there's a lot of back and forth about how he had mm-hmm. to I realize who he was. Like, yeah, I can't expect my wife to be to be this. It has to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very, I mean, people who are married, marriage can be messy. And Don realizes very quickly that dating can be messy and that if he's going to go forward, going to be messy so that's interesting it's a fantastically well-written story and it's a very fast read like you don't get bogged down I mean, mm. don keeps you laughing of all the errors that he falls into that's interesting well and we have a sure, couple programs we're doing based on some of the themes in the book um on dating and relationships and how you recover from relationships um we have a series of programs on asperger's happening mm-hmm. in the libraries around the area uh, there's a group from UD, the Music Therapy Club. Oh, really? Is presenting. A I did program. not know there was a music yeah, therapy club. Yeah, I didn't club. either. <laughs> but they're going to do a program uh, on music therapy related to social and emotional and physical needs. Um, we even have a speed dating program planned at the main library in Dayton, and we're hoping it's called a literary speed dating program, mm-hmm. and we're hoping that there will be a match made that somebody will fall in love with each other and then they'll get married in our new main library. <laughs> That's our vision. Good for thing that. you guys aren't setting too high of a bar for outcome. So um if that doesn't happen, will it be a disappointment somehow? <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit, but you know, we're Who's gonna some? try it and um, there's kind of an age limit. I think it's it's twenty to forty and then we might try other ages another time. I bet annual MBO goal setting is really interesting at you guys' workplace. <laughs> so, you have to write a story that causes two people to marry one another, right? Yeah, so. that's our goal. Okay. Well, wait, you know, we have heard of, um, you know, we're building this new main library and yes. uh, we have heard about in other cities in Ohio when they do this that all of a sudden people want to book the new main library for events just like that, weddings. Well, that atrium is going to be pretty nice. Yeah, so, yeah. so we foresee this happening, and maybe this is where it will happen. That's pretty We're cool. also going to do a Skype with Graham Simpson. I was going to ask, if yeah. sometimes the big read author comes to town and other times not, so when does that happen? Yeah, that's happening on um, Saturday, April 25th. Okay. Uh, probably 12.30. We're going to do it at Sinclair in conjunction with the uh, Dayton Book Expo. Mm-hmm. We're pairing up with that group, Dayton Book Expo. Mm-hmm. We're also going to have our Dayton Metro Library local author program there. That's something we've, this will be our third year to do that, where we bring in about 50 of the local authors mm-hmm. and they can show their works, network, give a presentation. So anyway, we'll be also doing book discussion before the Skype with Graham mm-hmm. and then also after the 
The first one will be about the Rosie Project, and the second book discussion after the Skype will be about the Rosie Effect, which is the second book. So which is already a, out or coming uh, out? Yeah, it's a sequel. It just came out ah. around Christmas time, uh, and it, Rosie I'm really is, behind on my Rosie. Yeah, <laughs> Rosie is pregnant, and uh, ah. this is really a challenge for Don. This is a spoiler, Gene. That's <laughs> <laughs> a big spoiler. Thanks, Gene. I'm not oh, I'm sorry that I told you that. I'm not watching, so, I'm not so watching The Walking Dead with you yeah, ever. Well, just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> so sorry. Um, people can find out Everything that's going on because we have a lot. I was going to say a lot of stuff. The, is this all on the library website, or is well, there a separate Big Read? Well, it's bigread.org. dot org. Okay, bigread.org. If you forget that, you can get to it from uh, our website, DaytonMetroLibrary.org. But I have also noticed all the libraries associated with the Big Read have it on their web page too, right, such right. as Green County and Wright, uh, Wright. Memorial Library and Centerville, Washington Township. Gotcha. So it's not just, it's it's all the interconnected systems. Um, right. So let me, and the official dates are March 1st through April 18th. Um, it doesn't mean if you get to April 19th and you haven't read the book that you shouldn't, but talk kind of just sort of existentially about like why have a big read? What does it do for the community? What's what's the, what's the point? I mean, I can tell you what I think the point is. <laughs> It gets people together talking about one book. It gives them a book to talk about in common. It gets people talking to their neighbors about uh, a book that's worthwhile thinking about and sharing your ideas. It's almost like reading the editorial page of the Dayton Daily oh, that's, News. That's really not fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I love reading it every day just to see what people are thinking, and I loved it talk to my husband, you know, about, well, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that's the same thing that happens when people read Rosie. And then if they go to a book discussion, they can meet new people and network and that's cool. And have fun. And big reads are national. They happen all over. And right. the idea behind them is that everyone reads different type of types of books. Mm. I read primarily teen fiction and juvenile fiction for my enjoyment. Yeah. Even though oh, I buy them. Yeah, that's my job. enjoyment. That's yes. And the idea of the Rosie Project or any big read book is the idea that everyone reads different type of book, but we're all going to read the same mm -hmm. and see what we think and the different opinions that come out of it. Mm -hmm. I, um, my in-laws, my husband's the youngest of 10 children, and all of his siblings read. And this is a book I'll read with them, and mm -hmm. we're all over the spectrum. And the idea that we could share ideas and where we come from from our different points of life, mm -hmm. it's always interesting to see what happens. I think Lisa kind of touched on something I would have added as well, and that's that you know the best literature has a sort of universality to it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you know when you have a community sharing a reading experience like like this, oftentimes I think it can strengthen those community ties because when you get people together talking about this shared experience of reading a story and, and you know, learning about how they've all experienced this book together and, and they've experienced many of the, the feelings and, and the, the occurrences and you know, even some of the uh, the experiences of the characters within the book, you know, that, that tends to bring people closer together because we realize we are all fundamentally human and that's mm -hmm. what the best literature brings out in us is that sense of connectivity, that sense of, of community and universality. And The Big Read is really an excellent way of, uh, of you know, making that happen right here in the Miami Valley. Mm -hmm.
That's that's a good point. Um, Talking related to what you do too, because you, the film you've got the film corner over there, right? Um, to carry that point a little bit further into 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 what you do. Are you are movies? Are you more movie guy than a book guy, or do you blend? I do. Together, I do or? tend to watch more uh, than I read now, <clears throat> and some of it has to do, of course, with my job. But I think I've always been a more visually oriented person. Uh, one of the things that I love the most about my my job is that. You know, we, we all expect our public libraries to provide, uh, you know, the most popular films, the most mm-hmm. popular entertainment, and, and we do that, and we do an excellent job of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have everything that the Netflix and the, the video DVD rental places, um, if there are any left, still provide. Right. There's but, not you know, many. No, it's, it's really sad. Maybe. Physically, there aren't. <clears throat> so in some ways, you know, we, we are the, uh, the best game in town for that, but we do have such a such a diverse community and and such a large library system that there is room in that collection for all points of view. So mm-hmm. in my my days at my job at my desk, I, I get to spend a lot of time uh, you know looking into and researching everything from obscure documentaries to foreign films mm-hmm. to uh, the the latest offerings from the Criterion collection, mm-hmm. all the way up to, of course, the big popular television shows like Game of Thrones and right. Walking Dead and the popular blockbuster films. So you know it really fills me with a sense of pride knowing that we can build this incredibly diverse, wide-ranging film collection mm-hmm. that, again, is going to offer literally every person in the Miami Valley some reason to come down to the library mm-hmm. and, and take a look at what we have to offer. That's pretty cool. And how, Lisa, how long, it's interesting, an interesting point you made about your own reading habits kind of moving toward YA and teen fiction mm-hmm. apart from your job. When did how, when did that happen and what, what led you there? I guess I'm, it's kind of a YA question. I mean, there's so much of it that's written now and and marketed to adults mm-hmm. in addition to being marketed to right. the target audience. Um, and talk about that a little bit. Well, I became a, um, my specialty was to become a children's librarian. Mm-hmm. In my very first job, I was responsible for children's and teen. Mm-hmm. And it was my very first job. And once your very first job, you try to do your very, very best. I didn't. And yeah, I you blew, didn't? No, I blew no. it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I decided that I was going to start reading teen fiction. Yeah. And I, mean, I was already reading children's fiction, juvenile fiction. and. It just became something that I'm like, I really like it. I do, there's not, sometimes I feel like when I'm reading an adult book, there's an agenda behind it. I need mm-hmm. you to f- do something, or I need this this be part of you. With, there's no pretense with teen books. Mm-hmm. Um, are they sometimes a little too light and fluffy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes are they a little too dark? Yes. Mm-hmm. But teens are a very varied group. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I purchase the children's books, the juvenile 12 and under for mm-hmm. Dayton Metro, and mm-hmm. Matt actually purchases the teen books. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things where I'm like, did we get this book? He's like, yeah, we got this book. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because, um, you know, I love to read regardless. But I started the journey of teen and juvenile eight, nine years ago when right. I first started my career. And, I mean, I will throw in the adult book occasionally that, you know, everyone's talking about so I can mm. be on par with it. Sure, but sure. I primarily read children's and teen fiction. That's cool. And um, now would we imagine, maybe just a final question, because we're almost out of time, would we imagine a, a YA-targeted book being a big read book, or would would, would that work? Yeah, we, we've thought about it. Um, I'm trying to think if, what it would be. You almost don't even uh, really know. I, uh, but, yeah, occasionally There's so many they to choose do from. up. Well, there's a book like I'm thinking like the fault of our the fault of our we stars. We did or like think that. about the yeah, fault I mean, in our stars, but it was of one stars. of those ones where it was almost too popular. Yeah, yeah. right. So, so many people have already read it. Why? Yeah, why do it, yeah. And, and that was the same thing with the help. We right. loved the book, the help, the year it came out, but 
was by the time we got to it, we felt everyone yeah, it was, had everybody read had already it. read it, right? So, yeah. huh. um, well, now when the, is when does the selection start for the following year? Pretty much right away. Yeah, pretty soon. Yeah, yeah in May okay. we'll start. Uh, we already have got a, a list and um, starting to read. Yeah. And yep. uh, usually by August, we have the slate made. Cool. So, so we are out of time. So people should go to bigread.org to mm-hmm. find out about this, this year. Everything going on. Everything going on, how to vote for next year's book and all the events. If they want to suggest a title, they can do Fabulous. it there, too. Excellent. We have had Gene Gaffney, Matt Kish, and Lisa. Nabel. Nabel. <laughs> um, <laughs> all from the Dayton Metro Library here talking about this year's Big Read, a book called The Rosie Project by Graham Simpson. Thank you for coming in. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Ron. Thank you. And thanks for the book, too. i got to read it now. i got to go home and, and, and start boning up. <laughs> on the, Thanks very much. And uh, we'll get you back in next year. Okay. Take care. You.